Welcome to the MindRam Podcast. I'm Michael C. Patterson, your host. The MindRam Podcast explores how to manage our minds to stay healthy and happy as we age. In this episode, I want to talk about mindfulness. Not mindfulness meditation, but mindfulness as defined by psychologist Ellen Langer in her 1989 book of the same name. Let's call it Langerian Mindfulness. Mindfulness is usually associated with meditation. When meditating, mindfulness is developed over time by learning to recognize when the mind has wandered and then gently returning focus to an anchor in the present moment. This is an effective way to develop a more mindful approach to life. But there's another approach to cultivating mindfulness that does not involve meditation. It is a psychological approach developed by psychologist Ellen J. Langer, first presented to the public in her 1989 book, Mindfulness. Langer's approach to mindfulness differs in some respects from the contemplative approach, but also has many important commonalities. Langer is an American professor of psychology at Harvard University. In 1981, she became the first woman ever to be tenured in psychology at Harvard University, where she still teaches. She has had a broad and significant influence on the field. Her other books include The Power of Mindful Learning, The Mindful Body, Counterclockwise, and On Becoming an Artist. Cognitive neuroscientist Steven Pinker calls Langer, quote, one of the most creative psychologists alive, end quote. Psychologist Jerome Bruner commented that Langer's approach to mindfulness, quote, naturalizes a human scourge, everyday functional stupidity in this case, and makes it not only comprehensible, but also subject to change, end quote. That puts it rather bluntly. Langer's theory of mindfulness is designed to help us become less stupid, to reduce the amount of time we act mindlessly. Langer starts the preface to the 25th anniversary edition of her classic book Mindfulness with the following comment. In the 1970s, as social psychology was experiencing what was called the cognitive revolution, studying the kinds of thoughts people were having, I began to wonder whether people were thinking at all. Decades of research later, I have found that the answer is a resounding no. Mindlessness is pervasive. In fact, I believe virtually all of our problems, personal, interpersonal, professional, and societal, either directly or indirectly stem from mindlessness. According to Langer, the phenomenon of mindfulness, and its opposite, mindlessness, is of paramount importance when considering the source of all the myriad problems we face in life. The modern world is fraught with suffering and injustice because we have, according to Langer, stopped using our brains to think well. This is a dramatic statement. I think Langer's assertion is plausible and makes a great deal of sense in the context of the hemisphere hypothesis. I believe that Ian McGilchrist, the author of the hemisphere hypothesis, might reframe Langer's thought about mindlessness by saying that we have stopped thinking in a balanced way. Rather than using both hemispheres, we have come to rely too heavily on left hemisphere modes of thinking. 
We rely too heavily on concepts about the world rather than on direct sensory experience of the world. So with this in mind, what are the contours of Langerian mindfulness? Langer says that mindfulness is characterized by three types of mental mistakes. The first mental mistake is being trapped by categories. The second mental mistake is being driven by automatic behavior. And the third mental mistake is viewing situations from a single perspective and without putting things into context. These mental mistakes sound so familiar and pedestrian that we might initially underestimate their ability to erode our thinking. So we need to look a bit more closely at each one. Trapped by categories. What does it mean to be trapped by categories? Well, first of all, what is a category? One way to think about categories is in terms of what the left and right hemispheres do with sensory information. The human brain takes in information about our internal and external milieus, what's going on inside our bodies and in the world outside of our bodies. The left and right hemispheres deal with this collection of data in very different ways. The right hemisphere pays attention to direct experience and takes a broad and inclusive view. It makes the initial decisions about what information is important and what can be ignored and how, how it all makes sense in the holistic picture we have of the world. The left hemisphere takes individual bits of information gathered by the right hemisphere and categorizes it. It takes each unique experience and searches for similarities with previously collected bits of information. Rather than keep information unique and singular, the left hemisphere likes to sort new data into existing buckets, existing categories. And in so doing, a singular experience becomes generalized and homogenized. So a category is a generalized concept about reality that is constructed by the left hemisphere. For example, the trees on the West Coast, where I now live, are very different from the trees on the East Coast, where I grew up. It's fascinating to see the unique and often bizarre shapes of the cacti that grow in the desert West. My right hemisphere loves the mind-boggling diversity of form and expression. But my left hemisphere sorts them all into one category, cacti, or is it cactuses? The category label is useful when speaking in broad terms about flora and fauna. It's a shortcut, simplified representation of a much vaster body of experience and knowledge. It is a single icon that represents a vast library of data. So by categorizing and generalizing cacti, I dumb down my understanding of the complexity, individuality, and wonder of the living experience of individual cactus plants. If I rely too heavily on categorizations, on left hemisphere representations of reality, I lose all the detail that brings my experiences to life. My world is dumbed down. The same sort of categorizations happen with all kinds of experience, including our thoughts and feelings. 
If we have strong political feelings, we might categorize statements we hear in terms of the political party of the speaker. In our highly partisan world, when the statement comes from a Democrat, it is likely to be questioned or dismissed by a rigid Republican. Likewise, a doctrinaire Democrat distrusts anything offered by a Republican. The statements, whatever they were, are not taken on their own merit. They are categorized as propaganda and dismissed. This does not help our understanding. It makes us dumber, more mindless. The same kind of thing can happen when we categorize people, robbing them of their individuality and lumping them into a stereotyped category. When we categorize, we ignore the individual differences and focus instead on previously decided characteristics of a group. A person is not a unique individual, but becomes a representative of a group such as people of color, white supremacists, homosexuals, abortionists, election deniers, mega-republicans, liberals, pinko-finkos, socialists, conservatives, autocrats, and on and on and on and on. Langer describes entrapment by categories as, quote, premature cognitive commitments, end quote. When we treat individual experiences as though they are simply examples of a category, we prematurely commit to fixed concepts about them and close our minds to further information. Because they are so generalized, these premature cognitive commitments are likely to be distorted and misleading. The categories were formed at a time and place that no longer exists. They not only lack details, they exist within an obsolete context and represent a single perspective. Automatic Behavior The human brain creates human behavior. Some behavior is influenced by our conscious thoughts and feelings. Much, if not most, however, of our behavior is generated through unconscious or subconscious mental activities. Further, much of our behavior that is initially driven by conscious thought becomes automatic with repetition and rehearsal. We develop habits, we learn routines, we adhere to rules and regulations. In many situations, this automatic behavior is quite useful, even essential. Consider how automatic and easy driving a car has become. Consider what chaos would ensue if we needed to consciously think through every aspect of driving as we did when first learning. I find it amazing and comforting how well drivers adhere to the rules of the road. What would happen at a busy intersection if we didn't automatically give right-of-way to the car to the right or to the car that first got to the intersection? When first learning to ride a bike, our activities are anything but automatic. Everything we do is an improvisation and creative invention as we try to figure out how to keep the bicycle upright. But as we learn to ride, the movements become more and more automatic. Once learned, the physical requirement of riding a bike needs to stay automatic. When we learn physical procedural routines, such as riding a bike, driving a car, shooting a basketball, stroking a tennis ball, or even just simply walking down the street, it's useful to remove conscious thinking and allow our unconscious mind to be in control. 
Conscious thought is too slow and too likely to consider options that will just muddle the mind. Think too much about walking and you will fall on your face. Automatic behavior is efficient. It represents a kind of division of labor within the brain. As William James notes in The Principles of Psychology, quote, The more the details of our daily life we can hand over to the effortless custody of automism, the more our higher powers of mind will be set free for their proper work. Langer's concern is that we hand too much of our thinking to the custody of automatic behavior. We think automatically when we should be thinking mindfully, thoughtfully, and carefully. We act and think from habit when we should be examining the experience anew. We follow rules and routines when we should be using our higher powers of mind to act more creatively and appropriately. When we act automatically, we close our minds to new information, to changing circumstances, and to altered contexts. When we act automatically, we rob ourselves of the opportunity for discovery, creativity, and growth. Being mindful involves recognizing when automatic behavior is appropriate and when it should be resisted. Single Perspectives We are mindless when we see things from a single perspective and fail to take other perspectives into account. The mistake here is to think that our perspective is the only perspective to be had, or to assume that everyone shares our perspective. It's a kind of failure of theory of mind, which is the ability to recognize that everyone generates their own thoughts, which are different from our thoughts. Now that I think of it, theory of mind is probably a function of the right hemisphere. It understands that everyone has their own thoughts and sees the world from their own point of view. The left hemisphere, on the other hand, is much more likely to believe that everyone must be thinking what we are thinking since it makes so much sense, and that everyone must see the world in the same way that we do. We are also mindless when we interpret things from a single context assuming that only one context exists. But just as there are myriad perspectives, there are myriad contexts in which life occurs. Even with a frozen moment in time, your perspective on an event and the context within which you view it differs from mine. We both may be looking at the same automobile accident, but you see it from in front while I see it from behind. Different perspectives. The contexts in which we view the accident must differ with each individual. I'm simply a bystander. You recognize that the car belongs to a friend of yours. Or you may live on this block and know that accidents happen all the time because there's no stop sign, and so on. We are mindless, stupid, when we believe that our singular perspective is the only valid perspective and fail to see things from another angle. We rob ourselves of a richer experience when we fail to walk in another's shoes and see things from another's points of view. We are mindless when we fail to recognize that we are operating in a context that differs from the one we used when we developed our stance on a particular topic. Mindfulness 
We can take these three characteristics of mindlessness and flip them to get guidance on how to cultivate mindfulness. As Langer says, a mindful approach to any activity has three characteristics. One, the continuous creation of new categories, openness to new information, and an implicit awareness of more than one perspective. So, create new categories. When we resist the urge to categorize and label what we experience, we give the object of our attention a chance to reveal its unique and individual nature. A rose is a rose is a rose, but not really. My wife and I visit the Rose Garden in Balboa Park in San Diego every Sunday to revel in the unique diversity of every single rose. Each blossom is a singular expression that reveals subtle and not-so-subtle differences in shape, color, texture, scent. The number, shape, and folding of the petals is endlessly varied and surprising. I think of the comment that if you are bored, you aren't paying sufficient attention. Boredom results from over-categorization. We become bored when a rose is a rose, is just a rose. We are bored by trees because we haven't seen trees. A tree is a tree until you pay attention to one particular tree and get really curious about it. So take the initial category of a tree and make more categories that get nested within that initial category. This tree is a redwood tree. It is a redwood tree in Balboa Park, near the zoo. It is a redwood tree that doesn't get enough water in this arid climate. It is a redwood tree that is struggling to survive, and so on and so on. With each new category, we become more mindful about our interactive relationship with the world around us. Be open to new information. The antidote to automatic, unthinking behavior is to be open to discovering new information. No matter how familiar a situation, there is always something new to be discovered. All things change all the time. Nothing stays the same. Automatic behavior fails to take account of inevitable change. Automatic behavior also fails to recognize that the context has changed. A behavior that was learned or overlearned in one context will be less effective in a different context. And contexts are always different. Time flows on. Today is different from yesterday. Now is different from the moment before. When we are open to new information, we recognize the unique nature of the new context in which we are operating and can adjust to it. Welcome Multiple Perspectives. So much of our lives are structured by rules, regulations, routines, and habits. We figure out the best way to do something and then stick to that approach forever and ever. Even if there are other ways of performing the activity that are just as effective or possibly even more effective. We decide that there is a standard of behavior and performance that must be respected and imbue that standard with the force of law or divine decree. The sheets on a bed must have the seams facing down and the ends must be folded with hospital corners. The fork must be placed on the left side of the plate. Salad is eaten before the meal, not after. 
There are usually good reasons for rules and regulations, but the point is that viable alternatives exist. In certain situations, our standard rules and regulations become counterproductive. We lose creativity and inventiveness when we slavishly adhere to routines and habits. There was a piece of advice that was popular a while back about how to make companies more innovative and creative. The advice was, if it ain't broke, break it. This is obviously a play on the aphorism, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If something is working well enough, don't mess it up by tinkering with it. But if we followed that advice, none of our machines or business practices would ever change. They would all eventually become obsolete. The new aphorism, if it ain't broke, break it, suggests an attitude of constant improvement and adjustment. We don't break it simply to be destructive, but to break free from the shackles of habit and to look at problems with a fresh perspective. We have come to expect that our current electronic device will soon be considered obsolete. Our smartphones are updated and improved on a regular basis. But the same attitude should be applied to our thinking and to our behavior. We can always be thinking about new and improved ways of doing things. We should always recognize that the world has changed and that our old ways of working may no longer work or be the best available approach. Variety is the spice of life. Routines lull our brains to sleep. Variety, novelty, and challenge keep our brain cells activated and in good shape. And the more variations on a theme we explore, the more flexible our thinking can be. We can draw upon a broader and more diverse menu of cognitive options. All right. So according to Ellen Langer, we can all learn to be a bit smarter and avoid mindlessness by paying attention and correcting three, actually I'll make it four, basic mistakes. One, being trapped by categories, by premature cognitive commitments. Two, by being trapped inside automatic behavior. Three, being trapped inside our single perspective and failing to recognize that other people have other perspectives that can provide us with much more information. And I'll add this fourth, being trapped in an obsolete context and failing to recognize that what seems to be true in one context will seem to be false in another. Thanks for listening to MindRamp, where we strive to ramp up our mental ability to stay healthy, happy, and wise as we age. Please visit our website at mindramp.org if you want to learn more about our investigations of mind management or to sign up for our weekly newsletter. Till next time, live long and live well. <laughs>